Welcome to Ancient Answers, our program in dealing with current and modern controversies and challenges and reflecting upon the words of the ancients who dealt with the same similar human conditions. I am Gordon. And I'm Shane. And welcome to Ancient Answers. Today's episode is going to be about assassinations oh. in the ancient world and how it compares to today. <laughs> and since what's today? Today is March 15th, the Ides of March. Yes, an auspicious day from ancient history when we said goodbye to Julius Caesar. Uh, the man who invented the greatest salad the world has ever known. That's right. <laughs> well, it's interesting, assassinations is a, it's a touch, touchy subject, that's for sure. We'll go figure. But, uh, and surprisingly... Uh, in a world that we've lived in the modern world, I mean, those who've been around since, uh, let's say, the 40s or 50s, we're aware of, of course, the, the, the significant assassinations in the 1960s of American mm -hmm. leaders. Uh, there has been other assassinations. We had the president of uh, Pakistan also get assassinated when she That's was a right. uh, thing, and the Indira Gandhi was assassinated in India during our lifetimes. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we, we are very much aware of assassination as a political uh, event that can be traumatic, and also can be changing history because it, the next person who comes along in the role of leadership can change things. Mm -hmm. Now, when we go back to history, there are some significant assassinations that took place, but, uh, well, let's talk about one of the first ones. So this, this was something interesting. This is one that I'd never heard of. I mean, we're going to get into some of the more famous assassinations, especially Julius Caesar, given that today is March 15th. Uh, but while doing some research, I found this, it was a very short article because the information is so limited, but it was thought to be the first political assassination in human history. So this is an individual, we don't know his name, but he was a Prince of Helmsdorf, which is modern day Germany. Uh, he was murdered during the Bronze Age, so 1826 BCE is when he was thought to have been, uh, uh, been killed. Um, Again, because this is an old burial site and there is not a lot of writing from back then, it's a lot of interpretation based on the evidence that was found, but it's still pretty compelling because uh, the evidence would suggest that this individual was stabbed by an experienced warrior who knew what he was doing. The skeleton had a defensive wound on the arm, so it's thought that it was a surprise attack, probably by a close friend or a bodyguard, someone that he would have trusted. And the wound went into the stomach where it actually severed the spinal cord. So it was a powerful strike. Yeah, that would have been. It pushed, um, it's, it's guessed as well that the body was either pushed up against a wall and the dagger driven in or was on the ground with the dagger driven in. Uh, there was another injury that was behind the left collarbone striking from above, which is actually the same blow that gladiators would do as a death blow. So in, in gladiator combat, if the emperor said, you know, gave the thumbs down to kill someone, yeah, the, the, prone, right. the prone gladiator would be on his knees, and so the, the standing one, the victor, would plunge the sword straight down behind the collarbone that would pierce the lungs and into the heart. And so this individual had the same, uh, the same uh, wound. So again, based on the information, based on the age of the site, the fact that he was buried with um, a bunch of riches and there was even a sacrifice that was with him, it is thought that this could be the first political assassination in human history. That's right, because we have to define the difference between a murder mm -hmm. and assassination. Usually we're going to refer to assassination as someone of a political nature uh, yeah. who had some level of authority in, in their society, and that that would be disruptive to the flow of continuity of, of rule and management and so on, yeah. as opposed to murder, because we are aware of murders that took place even in early ancient Egypt. Yeah. Uh, and then there was always a rumor that Narmer, the first sort of alleged Egyptian pharaoh mm -hmm. um, had won his way through murder, uh, but it's not 
not well developed in terms of continuity. We don't know how much the stories are told later by disaffected oppositions that made up stories afterwards. But it's interesting that we would see that because surprisingly, in contrast to, let's say, the European history of the last 500 years, the first 2300 years of history that we are aware of in terms of the written record don't actually have that many assassinations, per se. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's not as many as I think people think. Mm -hmm. But we are going to talk about, again, some of the big ones. Yeah. Um, I'm going to talk next about one that's from China. Actually, oh. it's an attempt on assassination. It was the oh. first emperor of China, okay. Qin Shi Huang, um, who, the man who is responsible for building the terracotta warriors, and, of course, the great tomb that has never been opened there in Xi'an, China. Yeah. Um, he, was, he was roughly around the year 226, 220 B.C. Mm -hmm. And uh, we know that he uh, survived four assassination attempts. And this may have explained why his personality seemed to have become very erratic, very paranoid, and that he was obsessed with staying alive to the point, of course, this over-expenditure, quite remarkable. I mean, we, we inherited today as a archaeological uh, artifact and a whole archaeological site of unbelievable magnitude. The terracotta warriors in particular, mm -hmm. I found, were just stunning. But it was driven by a man who must have been affected by the fact that there had been numerous assassination attempts on him and the paranoia we are aware from the way he commanded uh, his subjects in the latter years of his life. It is interesting to realize that his dynasty died basically with him yeah. and China had to rebuild an entire new dynasty uh, for management of their of their empire yeah. at that time. Well, I can certainly understand the you know a near death experience changing someone's outlook. I mean, we've we've talked about this in our previous episode about plagues, where uh, Justinian's behavior seems to have changed, and we'll talk a little uh, more in this episode actually about Caligula That's and right. how uh, a severe illness is thought to have affected him. Uh, but for an for, actually for a, a more modern let's say example of what Gord's talked about in China, there there was a movie that came out early 2000, around 2003, 2005, in that area called Hero, starring Jet Li. And that's actually a big premise of the storyline, is that it's a, a king in China. I haven't seen the movie for a while, so not, I don't remember his name, but um, he's he is very paranoid because he knows that there's assassins out to get him. And so that's it's, a, right. it's a story about him kind of looking after himself. That's right. And the suspense of the movie was he was never really sure of who it was, and therefore he had to take unusual mm -hmm. personal protection uh uh, options, you know, make sure people stood very far away from yeah, him. Yeah, no of stuff. decorations for people to hide behind in his yeah. in his court. But the, but what I find really interesting is having learned a bit about this this individual is now there's there's a historical record at, to that effect, where you know there was an individual in China who went through that same kind of thing because of several failed assassination attempts. I mean, certainly leaders and kings and political leaders had been killed in battle. They'd been killed yeah. through, in in in. in you know, premature deaths from reasons, mm -hmm. but we're talking about the concept of a treacherous mm -hmm. kind of murder that was premeditated and usually for political means. Now, the one that has had had an enormous impact on the world was surprisingly Philip II of Macedonia. Macedonia. Yes, and how did you find that uh, that story? For so, you? so with Philip of Macedon, as as Gord said, it was pretty monumental because uh, he's already got an interesting enough story having essentially recreated Macedonia uh, into this military superpower. It was, it was quite a backwater uh, in the early days, but then after Philip came in, he led a lot of military reforms, and he changed equipment and changed training, and um, he really did a lot 
for this. He did actually, and, quite remarkable. That was yeah. roughly the years three fifty to three thirty yes, BC. That's right, just before Alexander began his conquest, because he that was that was the big change with Philip's assassination is that it propelled Alexander at a very young age, his son, yeah, exactly, in, into a leadership role. And there was one theory that I was reading about while researching Philip of Macedon that suggested that. If Philip, because Philip had an eye on conquering Persia, which is why Alexander went in and, and did that. He was fulfilling his father's dream that he never could accomplish on his own, um, or sorry, before he died. So it was thought, though, that if Philip would have gone and commenced the conquest of Persia, that he wouldn't have gone nearly to the extent that Alexander did. Just being an older man, a more experienced soldier, it was thought that he would have had a much more temperate attitude and he wouldn't have tried to extend himself quite so far. That's right. He wasn't thinking into India like Alexander would have been. Exactly. Alexander was aiming to go as far as he could possibly take it. And it was years before his soldiers ever saw home again. A lot of them never did. But uh, the theory is that if Philip of Macedon would have been the one to commence the conquest of Persia, he probably would have just done Anatolia, modern-day Turkey, and yeah, maybe a little bit further. That is certainly reasonable, historians, we, we, we recognize that. There mm-hmm. was something about Alexander's personality, whether he had, what we would say today, daddy issues, <laughs> <laughs> but we recognize that you know he has been a, a focus of attention all through history, absolutely. Well, he's one, he's one of the greatest historical figures ever. in history, yeah. yeah <laughs> that's true. But it is sad also to realize that Alexander's actual legacy did not survive that much past No, his. it didn't. He, he didn't have... Uh, he, died a, he died a very premature death. Um, In his late 30s. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and unfortunately, there, he had no heirs. There was nothing set up for succession. So unfortunately, the empire that he did build just slowly collapsed over a, a very short amount of time. A little commentary on terms of today, how it relates today. I didn't remember seeing that Oliver Stone's movie, Alexander. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when it first came out, I found it a little choppy. It's, the critics said that. But the, re, the re-edited version that Oliver Stone did later, it's a little bit longer. It's a little bit more continuity. I did find that's a significant improvement and does carry the story. Oh. Uh, and it's, I would recommend if someone who maybe saw it in the first uh, theatrical run wants to see it again. It's a reasonably good... Um, visual explanation of what made Alexander's psychology the way it was. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, we do the best we can when we have historical movies today. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we know there's even a podcast and, and, and YouTube videos to talk about reviewing historical movies in critical ways, and fun ways as well. Yeah. Um, but there is, you know, Alexander stood so tall for so long afterwards by so many people that came his way mm-hmm. who would literally call themselves his name and invoke his name and is almost like he was this uh, this all-powerful conquering leader, but in the end... Yeah, well, and I, I know on that note, I know that Sultan Mehmed II, who would eventually go on to conquer Constantinople in 1453, That's I think right. it was... Um, he he took inspiration from Alexander the Great. He was par- he was trying to follow the parallels of Alexander, and he's there are qu- uh, quotes from him where he was angry about the fact that he couldn't go further or do more at a younger age because Alexander, oh, he was conquering in his early twenties. That's right. And whatnot. I mean, he he said a president that it was really going to be hard to follow. Mm-hmm. Now it's interesting with Mehmet. He uh, we do know that he carried with him uh, some kind of talisman, mm-hmm. some kind of object that had Alexander's. Uh, image on it mm-hmm. for someone who was following the Muslim faith that would have been kind of counter uh, yeah. to that point so that's a controversial little point in history okay. that has been reported that I he, he had that. carried something with him 
and we're not 100% clear because it has never survived, yeah. but the written record does say that he carried a good luck charm, something to do with Alexander yeah. uh, as his uh, spirit, because he believed that somehow the power and spirit would probably come with oh. him and so on. And none of that would have been possible. Absolutely everything we've talked about for the last however many minutes yeah. came to pass because Philip of Macedon was assassinated. Was assassinated <laughs> and left that gap. So it shows the impact. Now, yeah. uh, we're going to come up to the one, of course, today's date is the most <laughs> yes. significant, and we've all heard about this. Um, it's not like we don't live in a society where we hear about Julius Caesar being assassinated in the Ides of March and all that bit. Oh. I will put one little fun comedy bit. I do remember as a kid watching a comedy <laughs> bit on TV where two comedians replayed a detective in ancient Rome oh, boy. <laughs> who was out to investigate Julius Caesar's assassination and would... Uh, and, and would interview his wife. They had an actress who played his wife, and she would always go, Julie, don't go. I told him not to go today. It was going to be a bad day. And I always laugh about that. But the assassination of Julius Caesar, mm -hmm. as dramatic as it was, and it has been, I mean, even Shakespeare writes a play about it, yep. it has had a huge impact on, on human oh, history. Oh, colossal. Like it's it's phenomenal, but I I like the fact that you just brought up that in that comedy sketch that his wife was trying to tell him not to go because yeah. that actually happened. That's true. It was it was very nearly a botched or foiled assassination because his wife Calpurnia, she woke up the morning of March. So for a bit of context, Caesar was um, the morning of March fifteenth. He was due to meet with the, the Roman Senate at the theater of Pompey, uh, and he was going to be crowned king of all territories outside of Italy. And keep in mind, this is Rome, the Republic. It's, it's the Republic. They despise the idea of monarchy. So this is, as far as the Senate is concerned, it's the worst thing that they could be doing. Well, they were going to elect him, elect him dictator, I think. That well, was the he, structure, yeah, right? he'd, he'd already been elected dictator for life, but he was actually going to be crowned as a monarch. Um, and so there were 60 conspirators out of the 900 members of the Senate who decided that this couldn't go through. But the morning of, March 15th, when Caesar was supposed to meet with the senators before he left for Parthia, uh, his wife told him not to go because she'd had terrible dreams the night before. And she actually convinced him not to go. And he didn't go to the theater originally to meet with the Senate. But then the Senate wanted to follow through with the assassination, obviously, and they knew they had a short time because he was going to be leaving for Parthia. So they sent Brutus to go speak to him, who essentially made fun of him and... Uh, told him not to pay attention to his wife, it's just silly dreams, and you don't believe in omens and all this, and actually convinced him to come out. There you go. A2 Brute. <laughs> exactly. Like, it was, and even the, the senators that were waiting for Brutus to bring him, they just had to keep going business as usual, so they just had to go through the, the affairs of the Senate over the course of the morning until Brutus could convince Julius Caesar to arrive. And indeed, and, and being the fact that the... the I mean, we the, that history has been unfortunately being well written by the Romans. It's, mm -hmm. anyway, we have movies about it. We've got plays about it because the series of events that followed afterwards transformed what was certainly the ascended power in that part of the world. Yeah. Uh, but also, it would have it transformed the society into a militaristic society, and we see all the problems that would come from that head on. Uh, we would find out then. And the era of the emperors mm -hmm. that ran roughly from 27 BC to somewhere around four, yeah, about mid fifth century, mid fifth <laughs> century uh, in the western part of yes. the European Empire uh, of, of Rome. Um, yes, it is in, in amazing. So yes, 
Today being a day that's important to, to acknowledge Julius Caesar's assassination having been a huge impact. Mm -hmm. But then we also have a few more assassinations that come along, and yeah. certainly within the Roman experience. And what's the next one? Well, actually, actually just before we do move okay. on from Julius Caesar, sorry, I, it, this literally just occurred to me that I find it very ironic that because the, the death of Caesar led to a civil war between Mark Antony and of course, Octavius, yes. and Octavius would eventually win the civil war and go on to be crowned the first emperor of Rome. Um, so I find it very, very ironic that the conspirators murdered Julius Caesar because they hated the idea of him becoming a monarch, and it led to the first official monarch in the history of Rome. Uh, yet, <laughs> Augustus Caesar was very smart, Octavian was very smart, he because was. he never, ever declared himself a monarch or any kind of... Uh, Inherited royalty. No. He called himself the first citizen. Well, and, and that was a clever public relations move. On well, his he, part. he was, Augustus was brilliant because he managed to manipulate and maneuver over a period of many years to get the Senate to appoint him. That's right. So, first citizen. Exactly. So, yeah. it, he, it wasn't that he was declaring, technically, Caesar did the same thing, but there was a lot more arm twisting involved, to put it bluntly. Uh, but Augustus managed to sort of just beguile and schmooze his way into it, which is why it created a lasting, uh, a lasting empire. And of course, we come up to one of the most celebrated next assassinations. It's also in Rome. <laughs> Tell us about our little boots. Oh yeah, well, celebrated has quotation marks That's around right. it because uh, if any of you have never heard of the Emperor Caligula. Do do a five minute Google search. Yeah, there's some good videos a... actually. They'll tell the story of, of man. But you made a good point before, and that is, uh, he seemed to have been a normal, if you see normalish mm -hmm. young man, became emperor of Rome, the leader of Rome, uh, was celebrated, seemed to have been welcomed by the public because oh, yeah. of a certain level of popularity. Uh, and then you mentioned. We do know historically he had an illness. Yeah, he Caligula when he first uh, so Caligula wasn't his actual his actual name. It was a nickname given to him because his father was a popular general, Germanicus, and Caligula would go along with him on wars. And he had a miniature uniform, and so he was called Caligula, which meant little boots. Um, and he didn't like the nickname, but it's not no. with him. And now we call him that. No one ever years said later. that to his name during their life. Yeah, not to his face. Uh, it was Gaius Caesar. Yeah, Germanic. I think it was. Yeah, that's his name. I know Gaius was his first name, but, uh, but yeah, when when he first rose to the position of emperor, which in and of itself was pretty crazy, because he succeeded Tiberius, and Tiberius was not a popular emperor. That's he true. He was famous for um, he had these treason papers and treason trials, and he rounded people up who just said anything or did anything against him, including Caligula's entire family. Besides, he he all went off and retired at. Uh, I like that's free and just hung out there for fifteen years. That's true, and where he at, where uh, Caligula actually lived with him. So Caligula was the only member of his family to survive these these that's trials, right. and so it was quite a surprise when he was appointed as emperor. So Caligula was actually working very hard to undo the the mess, let's say, that was left by Tiberius, and he threw out the treason papers, and he gave bonuses to the army. He forgave people. He brought people back from exile. He hosted games and spectacles. He was a very well-loved emperor in the early days, and it was expected he would do very well. And then he gets sick. And then he and got sick. we do sick. know from the historical record he had some sort of disease that put him unconscious for a period of time. Mm -hmm. When he came to, he began to show immediately erratic behavior. Mm -hmm. But it would take a time for you know, the Senate and the leadership of, of the Roman um, Imperium to begin to recognize that this guy was a loose cannon. Yeah. And again, he would end up being assassinated 
mm -hmm. uh, by his own soldiers. Yeah. As grim a topic as assassination is, I think we should follow up with a part two. So stay tuned to part two of our discussion about ancient assassinations. <laughs> You've been listening to Ancient Answers. Thanks for taking time to listen. We'd love to hear from you. Visit our social media links to help support the program. Leave any comments for any topics you'd like to hear us discuss. My name is Shane. And I'm Gordon. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Ancient Answers.